Hey guys, welcome to the weekly crime roundup for the week of November 14th. It really wouldn't be a solid week in the United States if we didn't mention another mass shooting, so that's where we will unfortunately start this week. Three University of Virginia students were killed on Sunday, November 13th, after returning from a school field trip. All three students were members of the UVA football team. Deshaun Perry from Florida and Devin Chandler from North Carolina were killed on the bus that was returning from the field trip. Lavelle Davis of South Carolina was rushed to the UVA's medical center where he died from his wounds. Two other students were hospitalized. Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., who briefly played for the team as a walk-on in 2018, is being held as the primary suspect in the shooting. University officials and police have said that Jones, who turns 23 on Thursday, joined a group of 21 students and one professor on a field trip Sunday from the Charlottesville campus to see a play in Washington, D.C., which is about 120 miles away. After the shooting, Jones fled the scene, which set off a manhunt and a 12-hour campus lockdown. At this time, he faces three counts of second-degree murder, two counts of malicious wounding, and additional gun-related charges. A witness told police that Jones was targeting select people on the bus and not shooting randomly. As of Monday, authorities still are unsure of what the motive behind the shooting was, but it is important to note that this wasn't the first time the suspect had been in trouble with the law, nor was it the first time that he'd been charged with weapon-related charges. In fact, in February 2021, Jones was charged with possession of a concealed handgun without a permit and later given a 12-month suspended sentence. At the time of his arrest, he had two outstanding warrants in connection with a hit-and-run accident with property damage and reckless driving. He was convicted on October 28, 2021, and that judge also issued a 12-month suspended sentence on each of those charges. Additionally, in September, Jones had come to the attention of the university and was undergoing a threat assessment because he allegedly claimed to have a gun. Campus Police Chief Tim Long said that no action was taken at that time. To end this story, I'll quote a UVA student, Eva Suravel, who told NPR, We're all Gen Z. We've all grown up watching students, people our age, children being shot in school. We've grown up with school shooting drills, but that doesn't make you any more prepared for it to be your school. If that doesn't perfectly encompass what it's like to go to school in America, I don't know what does. We move from one college town to another this week with our next case. On Sunday, November 13th, officers responded to a 911 call to a residence on King Road in Moscow, Idaho, where four University of Idaho students were found deceased. Authorities have not yet identified the caller or offered an explanation for why the murders weren't reported sooner. It's important to note that the caller stated that they were reporting an unconscious individual. It was evident when the police got to the scene that the four students, Kaylee Gonclaves, Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zaina Canoodle, had been brutally murdered with what the coroner, Kathy Mabbitt, said was a stabbing, likely using a very large knife. She also stated that the victims were found in bed and may have been ambushed in their sleep. They had two other roommates at the residence, which was a three-floor, six-bedroom apartment. The two roommates were home during the time that the crime took place. The communications director for the Idaho State Police, Aaron Snell, told Fox News Digital that while the roommates haven't yet been described as victims or witnesses, they have not been ruled out as suspects. 
Our next case comes out of Phoenix, Arizona, where a family of five was found dead inside of their home on Wednesday morning. 44-year-old Jason Hudgens is suspected of killing his wife, 40-year-old Marla Hudgens, and their three children, 3-year-old Christopher Hudgens and 6-month-old twins, Gwen and Faye Hudgens. Authorities stated that the family were all deceased with obvious signs of trauma. Jason is believed to have died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police were alerted to the scene by a babysitter who saw both adults dead in the home when she arrived and immediately called 911. Once police arrived, they called a hazmat crew after encountering a strong odor of gas, which delayed the police being able to access the scene for several hours. Once they were able to access the home, they found that there were open propane tanks and a gas line not attached to a kitchen appliance inside the home. Now, all of these cases that we discuss are so tragic, but when an entire family is killed so senselessly and babies are caught in the crossfire, it truly is sickening. Our next case sees us stepping out of the United States and into India, so apologies for any mispronunciations on my part. On Saturday, November 12th, Delhi police arrested 28-year-old Aftab Amin Poonawala for allegedly killing his live-in partner, Shwada Walker. The couple met via a dating app in Mumbai and had been in a live-in relationship for three years. They eventually moved to Delhi, at which point Shwada had started pressuring Aftab to marry her, DCP-1 South Delhi and Kit Shohan told ANI. Allegedly on May 18th, the two had an argument that got out of control, which resulted in Aftab allegedly strangling his partner. Aftab confessed to Shohan that he chopped Shrada into pieces and disposed of her body parts in nearby areas of the jungle area of the Shartopper Enclave. Allegedly, he chopped her body into 35 pieces, purchased a refrigerator, and kept the pieces in the refrigerator. He would periodically dispose of the pieces in and around Delhi during the night over the course of 18 days. For months, friends and family of Shrada searched for her by checking her social media accounts and contacting her phone. By November, her father, Vaikash Madan Walker, filed a missing persons complaint. Shrada's father told the police about his daughter's relationship with Aftab and suspected his involvement in her disappearance. After Aftab was apprehended to police, he confessed to the crime. Police were able to recover some bones in the flat that the couple had shared. In an odd turn of events, Aftab admitted to police that he was inspired by the show Dexter. Of course, many of us who keep up with true crime know that Dexter has been used as motivation for many criminals, notably by criminal Mark Twitchell, an amateur filmmaker who lured men to his home in order to fulfill his Dexter-fueled fantasies. The irony of both of these killings being inspired by the show Dexter is that the character Dexter picks his victims based on the atrocities that they have committed. The whole point is to serve up his own version of vigilante justice. In Aftab's case, it was a personal attack against his own lover. The only similarity to be found is the fact that he chopped up the bodies for ease of disposal. That's it for new cases this week. However, to round out this week, we do finally have an update on the Debbie Collier case, which was back from our first episode of the Weekly Crime Roundup on September 26th. If you'll recall, Collier was found deceased on September 11th. She was located 60 miles from her home and was found partially nude on her back and had been burned around her abdomen. 
Initially, investigators had treated her death specifically as a homicide and not a suicide. In fact, her daughter Amanda Bearden had stated at that time that her mother did not have a history of any mental health issues and had denied her having suicidal tendencies. She has since retracted that statement, stating just last week on the Crime and the Record podcast that she thinks that her mother may have killed herself. She stated that her mother had given away key, intimate things, and looking back, it seemed clear that her mother was really sad. As of November 18th, Habersham County Deputy Coroner Ken Franklin told Now Habersham that Collier's autopsy results have concluded that her death was a suicide. It revealed that she had died from inhalation of superheated gases, thermal injuries, and hydrocodone intoxication. He also stated that it was fairly evident that Debbie had started the fire that burned her abdomen, and it was clear to him that it was a self-inflicted death. That being said, as of Friday afternoon, November 18th, the sheriff's office has still not released any updated information on this case, despite the release of the autopsy report and meeting with the family. Alright guys, that's it for this week. I know it's been a few weeks since an actual full episode has been released, but things have been a bit hectic on my end. Rest assured, a new episode will be released very soon. In the meantime, I'll be back again next week for more weekly crime updates, but I'll also be keeping an eye on these stories as well, so if there are any developments in these cases, I'll be sure to discuss those in upcoming episodes, so be sure to always check out the show notes or description box if you're interested in a particular case. As always, if you'd like to support this podcast, please follow our social media pages at Instagram, Truly Atrocious Pod, TikTok, Truly Atrocious, Twitter, at Truly Atrocious, and be sure to subscribe and follow for the latest episode drop. If you feel so inclined, please leave a review. Anything and everything will help. See you all soon.